0: Welcome to episode 17. If I guess we'll do it that way, guys. This one's another two-parter, and it frankly makes me just a teensy bit nervous because I probably should not be releasing it. You'll see why. But here I am, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Come back Tuesday for part two. I guess we'll do it that way. Is presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. Okay, here's episode 17.
1: We got Zay on the track. Here's Zay! I've been listening to so many uh, SoundCloud rappers, dude. When'd you get into that? Like last night? SoundCloud rapper maybe is too. How many could you
0: have listened to if you just got (laughs) into them last night, John? You make it sound like you're a seasoned vet at this point.
1: Well, now that I know everything about mumble rap. I I saw like on Instagram video and I was like, "Ooh, that's some those are some tasty beats."
0: <laughs> is that my went
1: So listen to uh I I listened to Astro World. This is not SoundCloud rap. That's Travis Scott. You listen to any of this stuff? No. Astro World, the videos for Astro World, you got to see them. They're so sick. The little promo videos, I'll send you one. They're nuts.
0: Sick like um
1: they're so cool. Mm. And I thought like, dude, the aesthetic and these little short Instagram videos that promote the album are so Mm -hmm. cool that the album has got to be cool, but it's just okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Uncle Zay, what's going on with you, my dude?
0: Nothing, man. Dude. uh, Well, okay. So real quick today, John, this is going to be a little bit of a special episode. I wish this is the kind of episode that gets me excited about this podcast and yet because it's an in progress it's a it's a it's a scary episode in a way because Uh-oh. basically well no because the basic theme of this episode is that i need you to talk me out of putting the brakes on this particular version of rollers the the very small version Screw in order to possibly make a version that could be 7 to 10 times as large in terms of budget Oh. And we'll get into that. I I I, I want to just sort of catch up because it's been a second since we've talked. But like, that's what gets me excited about this podcast. The unfortunate reality is I don't think we can publish this episode like tomorrow because there are some very important key stakeholders in this project who have got ne- not yet sort of been consulted on this. But that's part of the reason I want to talk to you mm. because I need to know if I'm batshit crazy. Uh, uh, before I go talk is, to these people,
1: absolutely. <laughs> All right, just give but me. What's a second. your other question?
0: Really quick, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> so that's that's this episode, and and I am committed to releasing it. I just need to have some different conversations first. You know what I mean? Okay. And I need to make a decision before I release okay. the episode.
1: All right. Well, let's start uh, square one.
0: Well, really quick, I want to tell you something that happened yesterday.
1: Yeah. Okay. Maybe this is square one. <laughs> This is
0: kind of unrelated. Um, <laughs> have you seen these scooters? These bird scooters. Bird scooters. Have you heard of bird scooters? Bird Lime Scooter. is another company. That they're all over L.A. I don't know if there are other places. I will oh, certainly link I to have. some videos, some pictures. I've I I've have been heard of this. They're in Austin, Texas, too. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, it's the wave of the future. Mm. Mm. Um, they're these scooters. They look like giant Razor scooters, mm-hmm. and they are so fast. They go 15 miles an hour, John. That's pretty that's as, fast. That's as fast as like a golf cart, but you're on yeah. a scooter. And mm-hmm. the controls are actually kind of difficult to use because my brake kept messing up. And when you're going 15 miles an hour down a sidewalk, you need your brakes to work. You know? no,
1: no. Wait, 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 wait. So you're like in a suit, you're on... <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 you're,
0: there are a lot of guys in suits i was not one of them this particular you part have a
1: time. helmet on your ties flapping behind no you as helmet. you're going like no helmet. 200 miles no, okay so no helmet your hair's getting mussed. Uh-huh. your ties it's flapping behind you your pleated pants are breezing behind you mm-hmm. your loafers are uh standing firm on the scooter flapping in the wind you stand up you hold on to it like a razor mm-hmm. right yeah 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 just like and, a razor and Okay, so you're whipping down the sidewalk. You're like, you have
0: to. Okay, so here's the thing. I had a meeting at a place called Soho House in in um, West Hollywood, and it's this beautiful, like, basically Soho House is like some fancy kind of club thing, and like the guy I was having a meeting with was meeting there, and it's actually less expensive than people think, and so like if you just need like a pseudo office, it's actually kind of a great spot, but it's hard to get into. You have to like have a member for you and apply and they have to decide if you're cool enough and all that kind of shit. It's a little ridiculous, but it is actually a very nice spot, but they have the top two floors of this very tall building in West Hollywood up on a hill. And so you can just see all the way to the ocean. You can see every corner of Los Angeles and they the sick. balcony. I'll send, I'll post a picture, but the balcony is eight foot high panels of glass with no metal you know what i mean like there's no railings or anything it's just like big huge panels of glass so like you all the way to the floor so you just feel like you're just standing on like this endless edge of a roof it's really beautiful anyway i had a meeting there and i was feeling good i'm on sunset boulevard i'm starting to walk home i can't walk walk home because it's like four or five miles but i'm like gonna walk a little ways and then i see a scooter and i was like you know i hate these things i hate everyone Mm. who rides these things i want them to go away Right. But they do look really fun. <laughs> so, mm. so I got on one. And it's actually pretty easy. You just download the app, use Apple Pay, you scan a little QR code, and boom, you're off to the races. How much does it cost? I rode mine, spoiler alert, I rode mine for, I think, two miles, and it was three bucks. Oh, that's sick. That's really cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, very, very cheap. And... uh Anyway, so I'm having just – I'm kind of getting into it. I'm going real fast. I'm being careful because I hate when people just whiz by me at, like, 15 miles an hour, you know. So, like, if I see somebody on the sidewalk and I'm kind of like, man, I kind of wish I was riding on the street. But also I hate when people ride these things on the street, which happens all the time because I'm like, you're Mm. not going fast enough, you dumb-dumb, and you don't have Mm. a helmet on. And apparently, like, the injuries have been gnarly. You know, people are getting crazy road rash. They're getting hit by cars. The guy who invented the
1: Segway died on the damn Segway. That's – Absolutely insane! You're yep. kidding, right? No, no, no! He fell off a cliff on his Segway at his house. Unbelievable!
0: Wow. So, yeah. anyway, so I'm riding my I'm riding my Lime scooter, and um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm whipping through Sunset Boulevard. I'm like out of view of L.A. I'm like, this is kind of the life, you know. Like it was, dude. What kind of looks degrees. are you getting
1: though? What kind of looks are you getting? Oh,
0: a lot of desk, a lot of death stairs. and um, <laughs> and i a lot of times i would be like have to slow down to like weave right. between people and like walk it and it was a little bit of an annoying thing i was like i wish there was like a bike lane and i could just ride it in that are but, you listening um, to music or are you on like a conference call no i was just riding i was just taking it in just processing some in. conversations you know and yeah um anyway but i'm pretty pretty careful cuz i'm a little sensitive to this anyway this mm. one lady i'm i'm starting to finally kind of get the hang of it i'm really in the groove i'm like you know This is kind of not the worst way to commute for, like, a mile. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I could just get one and take it down to Hollywood. You know, I wouldn't, like, go far, but, like, instead of riding the bus two stops, maybe I should just grab one of these next time. And as I'm thinking that, I come up behind this lady. I'm going, like, one mile an hour, waiting to pass her. Mm -hmm. And she looks to her left. She sees me, and she jumps about 16 feet in the air and immediately starts crying. What?! And I was like, I stopped and she like jumped into
1: like a doorway and was like, Nuh uh.
0: Overwhelmed.
1: Yes. Well, and I was like, Pe- Wait, somebody might not know this. How tall are you? 6'3. You're 6'3 and you're how far off the ground? Like mm, three, four, four inches. inches? Yeah. So you're pretty big. You're like 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, well, so I thought I just spooked her. Yeah.
0: I thought I just spooked her. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, are you okay? I was like, Okay, I work. know. I was like, I know these suck. <laughs> like, I was like, I was already going really slow. It's not like I slammed on my brakes right behind you. Like I was just was being very quiet and I just happened to be up behind you. She's like, she was crying and she's like, no, 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 it's, it's okay. She's like, I got hit by one of these like a month ago. I had to go to the hospital. They were going 15 miles an hour. They just completely slammed into me and I just uh-uh. got freaked. Yeah. She was Whoa. like, and she's like, and by the way, like it is illegal to ride them on the sidewalk. You have to be in the, re- in the road. And I was like, Oh, man, like, A, I really feel bad for you because that's some bullshit. If somebody runs into you at 15 miles an hour, that sucks. And clearly, like, she wasn't being mean. She was just actually, right. like, triggered.
1: She had, like, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Exactly.
0: Like, I felt really bad because I straight up triggered her very accidentally. But, like, she was traumatized. and. Word. She seems to know what she's talking about, and I believe her because you're right. You shouldn't be able to ride these freaking things on the sidewalk. And I rode on the street for about a hundred yards, and I was like, "This is dumb.
1: <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I'm not riding this shit on the street." Nah. And I just parked it, and I I, I I took the bus home.
1: Ooh, yeah, that went that went south quick. What kind of oh, man? They get People shredded are so
0: too. It's hilarious. Like over on the beach, like in Venice and Santa Monica, I was on a run over there recently, and. Mm. There's apparently there's whole Instagram channels devoted to them, but these things just get they like get snapped in half, they get thrown in the okay. trash can, they get buried under sand. It's
1: completely ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, we've I've taken city bikes before. Have you ever done that? Mm. Yeah, that is fun,
0: but it's we, still it's it's like you need a you gotta wear a helmet, you know.
1: Uh, I mean, if you're in a like we were in no, Nollins and uh, mm. we it was actually kind of sick because me and my life partner each took a kid. We have two kids. I yeah. took one, and we were riding like hoopties, like you know, like little gangsters down the street mm. in New Orleans. You know, that is pretty fun. It was so cool because like people are barbecuing out in the street. Yeah, if it's and, a chill like, street, that's totally different. Yeah, it was like you know, it was kind of the hood, but like friendly hood. You know, everyone's yeah, yeah, like yeah. waving at us and like, yo, what's up? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Cooking <awesome>. barbecue <laughs> those is those are it the best nasty. kinds of hoods. I got a video of it. I'll send it to you.
0: Send it. Sweet. All right. Well, we should get into this heated debate. Which who knows how Uh-oh. long it could take? We might end up having to split it in two. I don't know because John, I'm not gonna, I'm not going down easy, baby. Because I okay. woke up with a feeling in my gut the other day that maybe I'm selling myself short, and I am mm. not the kind of person who normally says that or thinks it or acts on it. I'm normally the kind of person who's like, I bet on other people. That's every everything I've ever done has kind of been like, yeah, I might have an idea, but I'm gonna. I'm going to bet on someone else. You know, like I hire people who I think are better than me. And I'm not saying this in like a falsely humble way. I'm just saying like I do, if I'm honest, struggle with a lot of self-doubt. And I think that's probably very apparent at this point in the podcast. But like I don't sit around thinking about how I might actually be able to make a really great movie. I tend to sit around thinking about how maybe I could actually make a better movie than I think I could if I could just get over myself a little bit and so Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so like it's hard for me to sit down and think like oh let me give up this actual concrete start date which is rapidly approaching and would be so much fun because I still think that the small version of the movie would be an absolute blast but there are certain limitations which we can get into as you sort of try to convince me that I'm nuts but like
1: I don't assume my opinion, my position here, my dude. Well, I'm gotta, just saying. I got to weigh the facts first.
0: I know, but I need you to, pro- I need you to litigate me, basically. I need uh, you to like, I can do that. I need you to like convince me that I'm wrong because I don't really even want to make the bigger version of the movie that much because the truth is, I like things done more than I like them perfect, you know? And I like the idea of getting this movie in the can and moving on with my life. But I woke up with a feeling and I was like, I might not. Be giving this movie the platform that it might need to be as successful as it maybe could be, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and I've been having you, conversations with people about that. You now being one of those people, right? Let it Here commence. we are.
1: So you have a budget that's more or less set in stone, and you you've been planning around this budget, mm-hmm. and, and so it's so a very you, small budget, but it is okay. But I have the money. It's eighty-seven dollars it. and a lottery ticket.
0: Exactly. The lottery ticket is what I'm banking on. It could either <laughs> scratch off. You haven't
1: scratched off yet. A big
0: movie or a small
1: movie. <laughs> um, so I mean, you to put got, it in perspective though, now that you mentioned yeah.
0: that, it's funny. I hadn't thought of that. I am considering what would effectively amount to me winning, not the mega lottery, but like, sure. I mean, I'm talking a couple million dollars, you know, like I'm Uh-oh. talking about like, it's a lot of money. Well, that whoa, whoa. would be like, how are
1: you talking about that? What do you mean? I mean, that would be
0: the budget size that I would be jumping to. Oh, I see. I'm talking like a major, major factorial increase, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Is that the proper use of factorial? I don't know why I even said that. I'm not a geometrist. Look it up
1: after and edit it out to make you sound smarter.
0: (laughs) What's geometrist? Where did that come from? That's
1: not even a thing. Geometrist? This isn't boating well. Uh, Yeah, yeah, this is. uh, Well, so... It sounds like, this is kind of a funny position, because you're Mm -hmm. like, I think this is so good that it deserves a bigger treatment. Is that what you're telling me?
0: That's basically what I'm saying, but I'm not positive that that is the case. I think, to give you a little context, some of that is based on a little bit of, like, what could be an imaginary narrative that I've created, or it could be a real narrative that I've created. Uh. I'm still figuring out which, which is based in the fact that, like, people who have better things to do seem very excited about this movie and seem like they want to help me and they want to put their own social capital at risk, their own financial capital at risk. And simultaneously, the vision that is getting all of us excited, there are certain things that we would have to eliminate at this budget level. And I'm deciding... Basically, like, do I think, yeah, do I think this is good enough to justify more time, more money, more risk in order to potentially have a much larger release, a much larger platform for everyone involved, et cetera, et cetera. So,
1: this just means that my shot of playing the lead role has gone to zero. You're going to get like Chris Helmsworth in there, Hemsworth or whoever Mm. in there, Chris Pine. I would say
0: it's gone from. 3.5% to .01%. <laughs> oh. It's not 0%. It's just .01%. So you're zero saying one I've got a chance. Exactly. You know the so, best line of Dumb and Dumber? Tell me. <laughs> it's around that time when Harry like rips open his shirt, and he's like, I got this bulletproof vest on. And then Lloyd's like, what if he shot you in the face? <laughs> and then the FBI lady's just like, well, Harry... That was a risk we're willing to take.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, go ahead. Um, Well, uh, I don't know. This is a weird thing because Mm -hmm. part of me is like budget is, of course, it's a real constraint. But it isn't, you know, in the sense that. If you're really dedicated to making something, you make mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. you're. If you're a kid in with nothing, you go and get buckets and you make a drum set. You know what I mean? Yeah. You make it work, and you can be amazing. Right. If you're amazing, it will. Sh- it will definitely come through. Right. So there's that, that is element. True. There's mm-hmm. that element. Can I address a, that, or should I wait? Uh, here the second, okay. and then and yeah. then address it because I think it it's on maybe more your side. Yes, you have that kid that can make the bucket and. You can see that talent through that, right, Mm -hmm. obviously. But what happens as soon as that talent is recognized? You get the kid an amazing drum set.
0: Yeah, you don't make him keep playing buckets for the rest of his life.
1: Yeah, unless that's like his shtick. And you get him a good
0: drum teacher.
1: And you, you get them teachers, you use that money to make the best possible product you can later, right? Yes. So I'm. A I have lines. an analogy
0: like, for that. I have an analogy for that. That I thought. Yeah. Of. So that's can what I, I was going to you? say.
1: Yeah. I think if there is a vision that's like this can only be made for X amount of money, then maybe that's what has to happen. But I also could see this being not a not a crutch, mm-hmm. but um, money can definitely make something. Um, I'm gonna put this as harsh as possible. Please. A lot of money could make something mediocre seem less mediocre. Mm-hmm. That is you know very I mean? true. So but you could put it lipstick could on a pig also with a million extra bucks.
0: That is very true. And that's what I'm debating because I'm waiting. I'm I'm looking actively for someone to tell me that I'm polishing a turd. Right. And so far everybody's like, Yeah, I'm totally in for this tiny version, but Dude, like I really let's see what's this in turd your head. Bigger. And and yeah, let's make the turn. No, but they're like, I see what's in the in your in your head, and I mm-hmm. totally see a path to this tiny version, but it's not quite what's in your head, and I'm excited right. about what's in your head, not the mm-hmm. compromised version, you know?
1: Uh do the people telling you this, and I'm not asking this in a in a derogatory No, please, nothing way. is gonna not feel derogatory this. at this point. I yeah. have not read this I and I don't have an opinion. So but do the people that are telling you this have for instance, a uh, current or potential financial stake in this? Yes. That seems like a problem, right? Well, well, what do you mean specifically by that? Well, let's say I am Little Johnny Bear producer, right? Mm. And I, oh, oh, oh. And so
0: you're saying, are they betting on the upside because they're... They get a gain okay. from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good question, and it has come up, and I think the answer is yes, but. Basically, yes, most of them do not have... Cash invested in it, but mm-hmm. they are, they do stand to make a tiny bit more money right. if we make it bigger. That right. said, the project will also be more of a pain and they're still not going to get paid their rate. That's the thing. Even if we scale up the project, m- hopefully a huge percentage of that money is going to end up on the screen and not just sort of in the bloated budget. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, and so right. no one that I'm talking to has that much of an interest in making it bigger because it just means that like there's gonna be a lot more stopping and starting and waiting and but you're right i mean that's a very reasonable question and i think that's part of the reason i'm trying to ask people Mm -hmm. who don't
1: have well it's something to think about because you know interest in it if you have the architect you know the architect who's who's designing a house yeah he's gonna get more money if he adds some like cool feature to the house but he's also adding a cool feature you know so there is perhaps a dual uh, dual things going on
0: and speaking of the house I mean one the one way of thinking about this is I very regularly had the thought like man it would really suck if I kind of manage against all odds to make a movie that's actually pretty good and no one sees it you Mm -hmm. know that would suck and the truth is that at this budget level no matter how good it is, there is a limited number of people who will see it because movies like this, it's not a horror movie. You know, like movies like
1: this. I was just about to say, have you seen The Blair Witch Project, bro? They made that for like $45 exactly, bucks in a pack but of
0: see, Mentos. Exactly, but see, horror movies have a completely different path to market. You know, there's sure. a different. Yeah. Um, movies like this don't get. Um. They get sold, and they do get distributed, and it's happened to us three or four times, depending on, yeah, I mean, like four times, but um, it's, okay, let's put it, here's another analogy, okay? Let's say I am a songwriter, or, or, mm. or a musician, okay? Low bump. And I have, yeah, I'm low bump, right? And I've got, <laughs> low bump. I've got like 13 just fire demo tracks, mm-hmm. like, absolutely fire tracks Mm -hmm. and everyone who's involved is like dude these are kind of sick and like I see a lot of work Mm -hmm. and I often am like looking for this and I don't often find it and I want to be involved yeah now Lil Bump now has a couple options right Lil Bump can take like 10 grand and pop into the studio and just self-produce the thing and put it out online right and he may get kind of famous that happens. That's, that's something It happens all the time, right? It happens but, a lot right now. But you know what that means? is that It means his next album, he's going to call up Kanye, and Kanye right. is going to be like, cool, dude, I might produce your second album or your third. And that's By freaking the way, dope, right? That's like yeah, best case scenario. That's dope, and it's, it's hard to do, and it's admirable, and it has value, and Lil Bump probably did the right thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But – what if Lil Bump has been around for a minute and Lil Bump has some good connections and Lil Bump has been producing other people's music for a while and yeah. Lil Bump has a way to get to someone like Kanye, not necessarily Kanye, but like Rick Rubin or somebody yeah. and hasn't even asked those people what they think of those songs. Right. And what if Rick Rubin or Kanye or Drake or whoever listens to the demo tracks and he's like, dang dude these are sick and they could be even better let me help you and then they produce his first album Mm
1: -hmm. that's a
0: completely different situation
1: yeah and
0: it's but it's hard because it's like how long do you spend because here's what i'm not doing let me set a little more context i'm not potentially not i'm not committing to only making a bigger version what i'm really doing is saying i'm at a go or no go point where mm. if i'm going to make this movie in february i have to either commit to that 100% right now because mm. i'm starting to get to the point where i'm paying deposits i'm i'm getting people to block out their busy schedules for me um i'm it's getting real you know what i mean it's like at a certain point once you're like planning a wedding
1: you you
0: better decide if you actually want to get married because you're about to start dropping money. And if you mm. cancel the venue two weeks that's before. Why,
1: that's why you need to decide because of the $400 deposit for the florist?
0: No, no, no. It's more like, it's more like I need to decide right now if I'm going to give up February because if I give up February, it's not that I can't then in February be like, you know, I tried. It didn't work out. Now I'm going to make the, the tiny version again. I'm I can still go backwards and do here. that. You know what I'm saying? I can still go backwards and do that but it's going to be slower, and I could have the movie in the can by the time I even realize that I need to go ahead and go ahead, like go backwards and make the smaller version. And so it, that's the main risk. It's not that I just will give up and not make the movie, because I think that was sort of laced into your original question, which was like, if it's actually good, why not just make it? And I will probably at some point just make it. But I'm like, Here, do I take some time to see how big
1: I can go? Well, here's the next question is, is If I'm you, and I'm not you, we're very different, but if I am you in this exact situation, when I'm calling up uh, Bob Thompson, the producer, and I'm telling him, like, hey, we're a go, or if I, right before I'm about to make that phone call, I am petrified. I'm nervous. Like, is this good? Am I doing the right thing? Can I trust these people? Right. Am I crazy? Is this going to suck? I've asked people for money to make something that I wrote Mm -hmm. That, I yeah, I've showed it to some people, but I don't know if I can actually trust them, if their opinion is good or not, who knows, and can I actually execute it? I don't know. Maybe I should wait a few months. That's what I would do, and I'm not sure if you're doing that. It doesn't sound exactly like that. What do you mean wait a few months? I would stall, basically, because I would be nervous. Like, Mm -hmm. I would be afraid of putting out an imperfect product, and I would stall forever. Mm Mm-hmm. You know that would be my inclination. Mm-hmm. And see, is that that's what's what I'm happening? trying.
0: Mm, no, see, what I'm trying to do is either, honestly, in the next week, I'm kind of setting a deadline for myself. I'm trying to mm-hmm. vet out these opportunities, and I'm trying to decide at the end of this week, I am committing to either no questions asked, no looking back, no regrets, making the tiny version in February. Period.
1: Well, what's the. Or yeah, putting correct,
0: the sorry. brakes on and trying to take a bigger swing for a period of, let's say, six months.
1: Yeah. So that's the next question is you mentioned the bigger budget. What's the. So now you have two gambles, maybe mm. more, right? You're saying, I will definitely be able to make this in the future, which I don't necessarily think is a certainty. No, it isn't. Um, I'm just saying, I would be budget... committed
0: to trying to make it in the future. I'm not just going to be right. like, I, I can only make it one way.
1: But uh, I guess another way to put it is you're trading a sure thing. Yes. Like, you can make this right now for this amount of money, definitely, yep. for maybe I'll be able to make it in the future, either which for is a why, lot of money or at all.
0: Which is precisely why I need you to talk me out of it.
1: <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you know, the other thing is, how do you, this is a problem with film in general, and I don't want to get sidetracked with this, but I thought yeah. all day about this yesterday, and I think it's germane to the point here. Mm-hmm. So when you have a feeling, let's say you just broke up with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You are feeling that feeling right now. You're devastated. You're crying. You pick up the guitar. You write a song. And 25 minutes later, you have like a rough version of of a raw feeling, right? Mm-hmm. When you make a movie, it is so much scheduling and so much time waiting Sitting around planning, how do you distill those original feelings into that moment? I mean, it seems like it would be so difficult. It's such a hard medium. Um, yeah, almost there's no spontaneity like, whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. you read like you in a few months, man, might go back and read Rollers, and just yourself think, "Whoa, I don't feel like this anymore. I don't right. really resonate with this anymore." I the story- think.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. It's fine. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. But if I have had that experience with various things in my life, you know, where I look back at something I did as a kid or whatever, or even something I said or wrote to somebody Mm -hmm. or anything a few months ago, I'm like, dude, what? I don't feel like that anymore. Right. Um, If you postpone this, Mm -hmm. is another idea going to come up? Is something else going to get in the way? and a year, two, three years from now, this thing is gone, never happened, and it could have and maybe should have happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm parsing through. I mean, parsing out, whatever, however you say that. But basically, yeah, I mean, that's part of what's... I, I will say part of what spurred this is that the more I've done the legwork, the due diligence of putting this movie together... You know, the more I've like, I mean, everything ranging from spending dozens of hours and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I think actually this is, this is one of those things I I don't think, and I don't say this at all in like an arrogant way. I just don't think people realize just how much time goes into every single aspect of a movie mm. because I've spent literally dozens of hours just listening to music to come up with a list of people, like to type up detailed notes of the entire script to give to my music supervisor to be like, this is the music cue that I see at this moment. This is why. Here are three bands that kind of exemplify that. I'm not sure if we can, like throughout Mm -hmm. the whole movie. Mm -hmm. and, and, And like researching bands I've never heard of. Like I've spent dozens of hours just on that one tiny piece of it. And that's just the preliminary research just to get to the point where I can communicate the vision to the music supervisor which will then actually begin the real process of putting things together. And the same is true of the movies I've been watching to develop a visual aesthetic that I can be excited about, that I can then communicate to the DP that we can then develop together further. The same is true of that dozens of hours and the same obvious hundreds of hours combing over the script, literally line by line and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting for the last year. Mm. Um, And through that due diligence, you know, sitting sitting in my living room and reading a scene and literally just laying on the couch and trying to, like, visualize it as if it was a finished movie and, like, writing notes about what it would look like. Mm. Hundreds of hours devoted to this process has only made me like the movie more. Right. And that I cannot say for much that I've worked on. And, again, that doesn't mean that it's going to be good, but the same process has been true – With all of my key stakeholders, all of my department heads that have so far gotten involved, like the music supervisor, my DP, Greta, like other people are like, yeah, dude, the more we dive into this, the more I actually think maybe we have something a little special here. And again, I have to decide if that's them saying that because they want to try some crazy stuff and whatever, or if when I have a conversation with Greta or whoever and she basically says, I know what's in your head what's in your head gets me very, very, very excited. Mm. But I can tell you that the limitations that you're imposing on me as a producer right now do not result in exactly what's in your head. And I can point to specific reasons why, and I can tell you where it's gonna fall short. And like, when I start having that conversation with basically everyone involved, where it's like, yeah, dude, I know that music isn't expensive, but it's too expensive for you. We have to go with this category. And I'm like, well, what if I don't see anything in that category that I like? Can I make a decent movie? Yeah, I totally can. But can I make a movie that's going to transcend and actually be truly special? I'm not sure. And the truth is I don't need to make a movie bad enough right now in my life because I have other people's movies that I could spend this time making while I'm trying to put the bigger movie together. I have other people who I get just as excited about, and I'm like, if I'm not going to actually believe in this thing – why would I spend the next year and a half making it? Right. And it's not that I don't think the small version could be good. I just need to know that the small version is the version I should make because then I can feel good about it. But right now, there's this nagging feeling that I might fall short, not because I like needed all the resources in the world, because even if I make this movie for $2 million, it's still going to be a, a very small movie in the grand scheme of things. Right. But could I make something truly special you know i don't know but i would kind of be a little bummed to assume that i can't and -hmm. then make something that's really special for the budget but ultimately doesn't have what it takes doesn't have the rocket fuel in it necessary to like actually get out of orbit you know
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and can i just well yeah go ahead i actually have like a really fun list of things but you should go ahead
1: Just real quick, yeah. Uh, Now I'm starting to forget. Oh no, the if you so you already were planning to make the movie for X budget, whatever you have right now, yeah. And you, at at least at some point, you thought it's definitely possible to make a good movie for this amount of money, and it Um, still is. It still is possible, but you're saying it's not likely to be seen. Is that because of the mark, the lack of a marketing budget? So yeah, the the basic path
0: there is. there are two ways that tiny tiny movies and I'm not talking about getting I'm talking like getting seen by like the kind of thing John where you would hear about it maybe. Right. Just because you're a person living in yeah, America. Yeah, if
1: I didn't if I
0: didn't Maybe know you, you wouldn't see it, but like right. you might hear about it. Right. And so far we frankly have not made a movie that has had that kind of marketing push behind it. Mm-hmm. Um even Never Going Back, which was by far the biggest release we've had yet, was still only in maybe, you know, 50 cities and if that, and, like, they just, you just don't put that much money, and that had, like, pretty famous people in it, and it's a really, really funny movie. There's too much smut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a callback.
0: Um, But, and again, no regrets, like, it set Augustine's career on track, it was a great movie that I'm very proud of, but the reality is that it it had a limited release, and and that's fine, and... I could maybe do that, but there are two ways that, that tiny movies actually are breakouts and like make real money.
1: How did it never going back to financially just out of curiosity?
0: It did fine. I mean like we're going to make money. Um, yeah, that's we, good. It's, it's hard to say exactly how much, um, but like, yeah, the, it, and, and a lot of the money that we might, a lot of the profit that we may or may not make is going to depend on how big it, how well it does in sort of video on demand and, Per, you know pay-per-view like on iTunes and stuff like that um and we just haven't done that release yet so it's hard to say but like we made money already it's it, it was financially successful but it wasn't financially successful enough to make everybody whole in the sense of the amount of time that they put into it you know like the actual right. cash that was put into it has more than been recouped but no one really took salaries no one was really getting paid and no one's really going to make a lot of money you know what I mean yeah um, and that's okay. Totally. You know, we didn't right. set out to make money. We, we set out to make a movie. But now I'm asking myself, should I aim higher? You know, should I? Because there are two kinds of movies that that really, quote unquote, break out, right? In, in that tiny, tiny budget category. One, um, I'm not going to limit it exclusively to horror, but like, yeah, basically movies that's like Blair Witch one. Project, um, Paranormal Activity, and Huge there's there, there are a lot of reasons for that yeah um, mainly though that movies like that don't rely on even when they're made with a lot of money, don't really rely on famous stars mm-hmm. and they don't really rely on um big music cues which are very, very expensive, and they don't really rely on fancy cinematography, you know what I mean like they they are very simple movies by nature, but they don't feel any different than the movies that were made with a hundred times the budget because the reality is, which is crazy, but you know, paranormal activity was originally produced for like 25 grand. So like if you make a 200, two and a half million dollar horror movie, which is still really small, that's literally, that's a hundred times two and a half, $25,000. Right. So that's crazy. But like the point is those movies, if you are operating within a certain sort of aesthetic framework, it doesn't matter how much money it was made for. People watch those movies dis- indiscriminate
1: of, like, sort of how big they feel. Does that make sense? Do people remake movies that they – like, does somebody shoot uh, their very first movie on, like, a $80,000 budget, and mm. then it's so great that they remake the movie with slightly famous people for, like, $5 Hmm.
0: Yeah, but like, I don't think I would do that. You know, I have other movies I'd want to make. And part of what I'm examining is this path of like, all right, let's say I somehow nail it and make a really, really, really good movie for under half a million dollars. The best case scenario there is that I then get to make a movie for a couple million dollars next time. And so there is right. part of me that's like, well, I really like this idea. And if all this idea really is, is a stepping stone, maybe I should take my time you know, instead of burning the idea and then hoping I come up with a good sophomore album. You know what I mean? Because that's where a lot of people fail in movies and and music. Like, they put everything they've got on the table on their first album, and then sometimes their second one kind of disappoints a little bit, you know, because they're all of a sudden, like, on the clock. they got to come up with a new one right away. They worked on the first one for five years, and now they've got to do the next one in nine months. And it's like, I don't know... Like I think I have some really really good follow up ideas that I could put into action very quickly, but also I kind of don't want to just have to like race into the next project, you know. Um yeah. And so that's part of what I'm thinking about. Part of what I'm thinking about is I have it has crossed my mind like, all right, cool. If the issue is that I need bigger talent, um, why not just double the budget and spend the entire second half on talent, right? Because My casting director, for instance, was like, hey, these are really, really good roles that I think people would really like to play. But to be totally honest, there are a few reasons why people do movies like this. One is because you're a famous director that they want to work with, and Mm -hmm. so they do it for free. You're not a famous director. And, and we've done movies with people who are like that, like David Lowery, who did like Pete's Dragon, and um, he did Old Man in the Gun with Robert Redford. I've talked about him before. They were the people we produced Never going Back With, and right. they made a movie called A Ghost Story. A Ghost Story was made with pennies, but, I mean, not literally, it would be a lot of pennies, but it was very, very, very small. But they mm-hmm. sold it to A24. It got a real, like, bigger release. It did a couple million dollars at the box office. Like, it was like a very successful release. Yeah. But... That was because they had Casey Affleck in it and Rooney Mara, the year Casey Affleck won Best Actor. And the reason Casey Affleck did that and the reason Rooney Mara did that movie is because they're friends with David Lowry and because they had already done a movie with him because they were already friends with him. And that's why it did that kind of business. It's, it's because it was really good, but it never would have gotten that kind of release had they not been in it. But also David Lowery doesn't get Casey Affleck in a movie the year he wins Best Actor unless he's David Lowery.
1: Yeah, sounds like you need to make some more famous friends, my dude.
0: Exactly. You know, and I actually have a list that I want to go through at some point because I think you're going to find this interesting of of some of my favorite directors
1: and some of which also happens to be some of my favorite movies. I was about to spoil one and talk about it briefly because earlier I said ha- have people made a movie and then redone it. I mm-hmm. guess more commonly they'll make a short film mm-hmm. in their early days like Bottle Rocket is what I was yep. thinking of. Uh, it's Wes Anderson's first movie, and but before they made that, they had they made some like short film, right? Right,
0: a bottle With, rocket short film. Yeah,
1: right. Um, and then they reshot the whole thing, presumably because the short film was so good. So why don't you take the budget, make a short film, and then make a ten million dollar one later?
0: Well, okay. Speaking, well, okay. So speaking of, um, sort of the bird in hand versus two in the bush type thing. Um, I, yeah, it's crossed my mind. It's crossed my mind that there is probably a short that I could make for very, very little money that would prove the concept. Right. Um, I don't think I would go the submit it to festivals route because, um, the truth is like, let's say I made a short film for rollers, right? hmm Best case scenario, I get into Sundance, right? Mm-hmm. It still doesn't mean I will make the feature version. But best case scenario, let's just dream, right? I get into Sundance. That short film does not premiere at Sundance until spring or or February, January of 2020. Uh. Because I can't get into Sundance of 2019, which is coming up in six months, because the applications already closed two weeks ago. And I haven't even made the short. And so... That's a really, really, really long time frame. That said, so I don't think I would go that route. But what mm-hmm. I do think I could do, because, again, I have spent three and a half, four years building relationships with people who, to this point, I frankly, many of them I haven't even told about rollers because it's irrelevant to their professional experience because they don't make movies as small. There is a group of people that I could call who make movies at that budget level And I could pitch it to them. I don't know what they'd say, but I know them and I have Mm. relationships with them and I have other people involved with the project who also know other people who I don't know. And I can get it in front of them. I just don't know what they're going to say about it. You know what I mean? But there is an actual path. And I think now that I've gone through the paces a little bit and I'm starting to see the actual limitations and it's not theoretical anymore, now I feel like I can actually go to those people theoretically and Mm -hmm. say, I need to make the X million dollar version. I actually need to come up with that number. That's part of what I'm in the process of doing is speaking with all the people that like would be a part of that and saying, "I need to be very specific. If it's not X, what is it? What do you need to make to help me make this vision a reality and come up with a real number?" Um, <sighs> yeah,
1: I mean, I hear this and I I feel it. Um if it's not an attempt to get out of a fear of actually following through and doing this
0: yeah if anything i'm i'm really really don't want to do this because i'm like so ready to make a movie i've been waiting for so long and i really don't want to blow this whole thing up
1: right um so but i guess another thing is if you go back to these people or new people whatever and you say hey i had you know i had money i was going to start in February." Now, I think this is a totally different thing. If I had signed checks or whatever, I would be sitting there like, "Is this guy for real like he's coming back now he's trying to change the whole thing? What's going on here? Maybe is he trying to like, I don't know what I mean, are you are you nervous at all about that?
0: Yeah, and that's why I want to vet it out. You know, I want to be able to go to those people and say, "Hey, I kind of get it if you don't want to be a part of this new version. And I need to be confident that if they bail that
1: I didn't just make a giant mistake. Right. Can you not go to a bank and say, yo, I got bucks as collateral. Mm -hmm. You guys put down a couple mil for the, for the making of the movie. Aren't there banks in Hollywood that do this all the time?
0: Yeah, but they only do it for two reasons. They do it either against stars and pre-sales they, 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 they would not give me like a typical small business loan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they might do it. They do it for studios. They do it for, for people that are be- quote bankable, but like, right. which is where that comes from because there are banks, but I'm not bankable as a director and the stars that I would be getting even at this higher level probably aren't really bankable in that way. Okay. Um, they also do it against tax credits, which is another thing is like there are places like Atlanta, there's places like new Orleans, there's places like Vancouver, where I can go, and like we talked about in tax credits, yeah. I can de-risk the project by getting a rebate. And I can de-risk the project even further by, like, getting foreign pre-sales based on talent that's involved. Like, there are ways to actually de-risk the project. It just takes longer, you know? Mm-hmm. And sure. as a first-time director, it's very difficult. Hey, um, listen, I think people really like their episodes under an awa. Oh. <laughs> so... I think what we should do, again, is um, we should say bye for now. Mm. Bye, everyone. And Toodaloo. we should give them a little little tune break, and we will come back, and then we'll release part two later in the week, because I, I just think people like that. Word. You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, listen to the last 50 seconds of the song Halftime by Young Thug.
0: Maybe I'll make it the outro music. Uh,
1: yeah, it's pretty good. It's
0: pretty weird. Sweet.
1: All right, bye, John. When are
0: you going to pursue your real calling as a mumble rapper? Oh,
1: dude, dad rap. DJ Dad. Is rap. Is dad rap a real thing? Uh, I don't think so, but I'm about well, to make it
0: it, one. Uh, all right, keep an eye out for dad rap new phenomenon coming your way via SoundCloud.
1: Bye. Bye. Uh, you can turn your baby, your baby.
0: Ooh. I just thought about wrapping the closing credits, but I think I'm going to need some more prep for that. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Isaiah Smallman, executive producer, John Schimpf. Opening music is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Closing music is Halftime by Young Thug. Thank you, Young Thug. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. (laughs)
1: It's your boy!